again, you know, we gave an offering a few weeks ago in response to Ukraine, and uh, this is your offering at work. It's great to be a part of a worldwide church. Uh, we're a part of the Assemblies of God. The Assemblies of God is, is more, uh, I should say the kingdom of God, which I'm going to be preaching about tonight, is, is more, or this morning, it's, it's more than just what the Assemblies of God is doing, but we're a part of it. We're a part of a worldwide church that has an impact. So, you know, when you give to missions, you just have to know and be encouraged today. You have a worldwide impact. And when these needs come up, when they arise, we have missionaries on the ground there. And it's your support of our missionaries that help us to meet those needs. So thank you. Again, please continue to be faithful to your giving of missions. It's so, so important. Of course, you know, I believe I live my life giving 10% of my income to God. But on top of that, God just causes me to continue to give. I know of people in this uh, I've heard stories of individuals who give 90% of their income and live on 10%. Of course, you know, they are very wealthy, but the point is they're givers. And that is the point. God, I want to be a giver this morning. I want to I do something beyond me. And then God obviously takes care of all of your needs. So thank you for your faithfulness to your missions giving. And of course, this morning, in your faithfulness and your giving of your tithes and offerings to our church, online, you can hit the giving button there. Thank you for being faithful to, to your giving, to being faithful to God. Remember, you don't give to a church, you give to God. And God uses that to build his kingdom around this world. So thank you for your faithfulness there. Uh, and this morning, if you want to connect with our church online, you can hit the connect button here in the building. You can use a connect card and fill that out. And then you can take it out into our giving boxes. And that's where you can put your, your connect card along with your giving this morning. Our Greaser class is on a little bit of a break, but it's going to be starting up again on May 12th. And they're going to be uh, doing a specific study on the loss of a spouse. And that's going to happen on May 12th at 7 p.m. So if you know of anybody who's lost a spouse, uh, encourage them to be a part of this. I talk about Greaser so much with people around me that I know so Share that information with others. Maybe call somebody. Say, hey, you know, just think about coming to a very good support group uh, for you here at our church. And that will be on May 12th at 7 p.m. Well, let me, um, I, gave you the, I gave you the title of my message this morning. It's entitled The Kingdom of God. We're going to be taking the King Jesus series to Acts chapter 1. Let me read. Verse 1 of Acts chapter 1 said, says, in my former book, Theophilus, I wrote all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day he was taken up to heaven after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen. After his suffering, he presented himself to them and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a, a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word that's living and active. And may that word enter our hearts. May it change us, transform us. May it empower us. May it set us free. May it give us purpose today. And why we're here, why are we here on this earth? May your word guide and direct us. And I pray this in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. These last moments on earth that Jesus had with his disciples, the Lord was beginning to talk about 
the kingdom of God. So important. You know, he wasn't talking to them about a church service or wasn't talking to them about how you build, build big buildings. He was talking to them about a spiritual battle they were going to face, but how they were going to overcome. Now, please understand, church services and church buildings, they're a part of the kingdom of God, but they are not the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is not made of brick and mortar. It's not backed by money or by technology. Man did not create it, and man cannot destroy it. The kingdom of God is an everlasting kingdom, and God the Father is the ruler over this kingdom. The kingdom of God is not made of flesh and bones, but it is the manifestation of the glory and the truth and the power of God. Jesus came from heaven to earth to reveal the kingdom of God. Jesus died on the cross so that we could have access into the kingdom of God. I love coming to this church and growing with you. I love coming into this building and worshiping the Lord with you. I love the the wonderful worship team that we have that's here on Saturdays preparing their talents on this, on this platform. And then on Sundays, we come together and we worship together. I love that that takes place on Sundays. But Jesus did not die on the cross so that we could have a church building. No, he, did, he didn't die on the cross so that we could just walk into a building. He died on the cross, and the ultimate reason Jesus rose from the dead was so that the kingdom of God can be alive in us. I've been told before, learning ministry and, and learning from different people. I, I got this message from some, not all, but, and, and not even close to the majority, but I got this message from a few people that Sunday morning is the most important day of ministry. Now, if you think about it, that may make sense for some. It's Sunday morning. That's when most people are in church. That's when most people are willing to listen to the Word of God. But if you go by that idea... That puts a lot of pressure on me, puts a lot of emphasis on this building. And so I never really agree that Sunday morning is the most important day for ministry. I believe that Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, they're all important days of ministry. The most important person in this room is not me. The most important thing said today is not what I am going to say. The most important thing is what God is saying to you and what you do with what he has said to you is the most important ministry. That is what's most important, and that's what I believe. Sunday shouldn't be a day where we, we clean up and we, we wear our best and we walk into this room and, and we act better or we talk different, and, and then we leave and we're somebody else. I don't believe that's the case. The kingdom of God is more than a Sunday church service. The kingdom of God is Jesus. Jesus, he lived on this earth. He came from heaven to earth to live and to die and to rise from the dead. He rose from the dead so that the kingdom of God can be alive in me, so that we can declare the kingdom of God is alive in me. It's in me. 
I am a part of the kingdom of God. And this becomes a game changer. This changes everything. This is powerful. This is life altering. When you recognize it's not me walking into this building that I experience God, but it's when I acknowledge that God is in me. That's when the kingdom of God becomes alive and well. Jesus is in me. So I no longer, this is why we can sing these songs. Because it's not about the building. It's not about how I feel. It's not about what's going on in, in the world around me. It's not that I, I everything is going right in my life. No, no, no. It's that Jesus is alive in me. He is in me. He died so that He can live inside of me. So I can overcome. I can take on any battle. I can go across the mountains. I can, I can climb any hill. I can deal with any situation. I can live life to the fullest, because God is inside of me. And Jesus was teaching His disciples, because the Old Testament law was a teaching, and it taught the disciples, and it taught the people of God that these are the rules you follow, and this is where you go to, to apply those rules, and this is where you go to get help from God, and, and this is how you do it. There are very specific things. If you're going to come into the temple, this is what you wear. This is how you act. This is what you bring. This is when you bring what you bring. They're very specific things. So it created a religious routine. But the Old Testament was just a teacher. And so the, Jesus was teaching his disciples that the Old Testament was driven by events, was driven by rules. But the New Testament, the New Testament was now going to be driven by relationship. You can now know God. You can now pray to Him anytime. You don't have to go to the temple to seek the Lord. You don't have to bring a sacrifice. You don't have to kill an animal. Jesus is going to do it once and for all so that you can experience the presence of God any day of the week, any time, any moment, any circumstance. Whatever you're going through, you can experience the presence of God. I can tell you this. Every human being is seeking the kingdom of God. They just don't know it. They just haven't acknowledged it. They're seeking what only God can offer. You see, the kingdom of God is pure love. The kingdom of God is absolute truth. It's perfect peace. It's everlasting power. And those are things that this world is seeking after. They're seeking love. They want peace. They want power. They want truth. They want to know why they're here. And it can only be found in God and in His kingdom. Absolute truth. It's only in God's kingdom. And obviously, people can be deceived. They can think that they have those things without God. But they are not. It's not there. Absolute truth is not apart from God. Everlasting power, you can't find it without God. Perfect, pure love, you'll never find it in this world. It's only in God. And when we began this series back in January, think about that, today's May 1st. Back in January, we, we began this series, uh, I, I entitled it King Me, and then we, a month ago we trans, uh, kind of just took a little detour and called it King Jesus. But my, my point in, in putting that King Me was that we would all cry out, God, I want more of you. I want more of you in my life. I want to have more of your love and more of your truth and more of your power in me. Now, there is so much to learn about the kingdom of God. 
And if you ever find somebody that says, I'm an expert on the kingdom of God, run away. I am not an expert on the kingdom of God, but this I know. There is an expert on the kingdom of God, and he came to this earth. And he came to reveal the kingdom of God to us. Now, we read Acts chapter 1, verse 1, and in that verse, it sums up the foundation for the kingdom of God. Now, here's the good news. You don't have to be a theologian to understand the kingdom of God. You don't have to have a Bible degree to teach on the kingdom of God. Acts 1, verse 1, gives us insight into the kingdom of God and what the kingdom of God is built upon. You do need a desire. You need a desire to want God. You need a desire to love God. You need a desire to to know Him through His Word, through prayer. You need a desire. That has to be, you know, and that's, again, you're not going to learn that. You don't have, there's no class to teach you that. You can ask God for it. God, give me a desire. You need a desire to know more of God. But in verse 1, it Uh, Luke, the author, speaks to Theophilus and says, Theophilus, remember all that Jesus began to do and teach. Do and teach. What is the kingdom of God? All that Jesus began to do and teach is the kingdom of God. All that he began to do. That is the kingdom of God. And if you want to know more about the kingdom of God, study what Jesus did. Study what Jesus taught, because that is the foundation for the kingdom of God. When we pray the Lord's Prayer, and we pray, Lord, let your kingdom come, let your will be done, we're praying, Lord, what you did on this earth, let it be done through me. So we have to study God's Word, we have to study what He did, and then we have to live it. If you're not experiencing the kingdom of God, it's possible you you are reading the Bible. It's possible that you're listening to him. It's possible that you're going to church. But I think one of the, the pieces that we miss, especially in America, is that we're not living it. We need to live the Word of God, not just study it, not just come to church, but it needs to be alive in us. It needs to transform our actions. The Word of God needs to be alive in our voice and alive in our actions every day of our lives. So I want to share my summer plan with you, talking about studying the Word of God, because that's important. And we're going to talk about, you know, living it out, but I want to go back to studying the Word of God. One of the best places to study the Word of God is in groups. And I love that this church has the majority of of our people that come here are in a home group. Now, that's one of the best places to learn together, to grow together, to study the Word of God together. But we do take a summer break. Uh, from home groups, but I've got a summer plan, and I want to encourage you to be a part of this summer plan. Uh, you know, I have a, it's going to be a Bible quiz program, and we have a slide that's going to kind of, let me talk about this just right now. On Wednesdays, now last year, if you recall, we did this, uh, a prayer night on the second and fourth Wednesday. This summer, I want us to do a Bible study night together as a family, as adults, and as children. And it's going to be fun, and it's going to be effective. And we're going to do it on the second and fourth Wednesdays of the month. We're actually going to start on the fourth Wednesday of May. And I'm asking every adult and every child to be a part of this. It's going to be fun, and you're going to get right into the Word of God. If you have never consistently memorized the Word of God, this is your chance 
to take giant leaps of faith in your walk with God. Memorizing the Word of God will enhance your Bible study because as you're reading one Scripture verse, you're going to remember another. And that's just going to be like exponential exponential study. It's just going to begin to multiply. And you're going to begin to grow exponentially. It's no longer going to be one plus one. It's going to be two times two. And you're going to grow and you're going to keep growing as you memorize. So when you're memorizing God's Word and you're studying God's Word, you're going to grow in significant ways. And we're going to be doing this on Wednesday night, so please, I'm going to be sharing more about this, but that is just a little teaser about the Bible quiz program that we're going to have together this summer. We need the Word of God. The Word of God is the revelation of the kingdom of God, and we can never get enough. So let's go back to the Word of God. So Jesus, He's teaching His disciples about the kingdom of God. He's helping them to see there's something bigger than what you see on this earth. I know you look at the, the stories of David and you, you look at the army of Israel and you recognize, wow, that's power. You see the Roman army and you think, boy, if we just get our, our Israelite army back and back and looking like the Roman army, man, that would, that would be something, Lord. Or, or the money that Rome had or the, or, or the um, innovations that Rome had. You talk about innovations. Rome, they had it all. They had all the latest and greatest. But Jesus wanted them to see there was something greater than what they were seeing. There's something greater than a paved road. We look at paved roads and we complain about them because they're not smooth. Back then, they were just, that was new. Like, this is a paved road? This is unbelievable. And Jesus is saying there's something greater than a paved road. There's something more powerful than a mighty army. There's something greater than a sword. There's something more effective than money. And he was showing them the kingdom of God. And then verse 4 says this. says, on one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my Father promised, which you have heard me speak about. John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Then they gathered around him and asked him, Lord, are you, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, it is not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and into the ends of the earth. So what do we see here again? Well, Jesus is teaching them about the kingdom of God. But they can't get over the fact of the earthly kingdoms that they are so familiar with the things that they could touch, that they could hold, that they could see, that they could quantify, that they could measure. They were still focused on those things. Here was Jesus. He was sharing the game plan of them receiving more of the kingdom of God. The Father has a gift, and you're going to receive more of the kingdom of God. Wow, how exciting. More of the kingdom of God in me? More than what you have taught us, Lord? We're going to receive more? Yes, you're going to receive more. And then they're like, well, what about this, this earthly kingdom that we heard about, that we know about? What about the, our land? What about Jerusalem? What about our temple? Lord, when are you going to restore all of these things? When is your kingdom going to be restored on this earth? 
It's so interesting that that was their, their focus, and that's what they were thinking about these things. Now, to their credit, the Bible does speak about Jesus restoring his kingdom in Jerusalem one day. One day, Jesus is coming back, and he's going to touch this earth again, and he's going to rule on this earth again one day. But he wanted them to not focus on what was going to happen on this earth, but he wanted them to focus what was happening around them spiritually. He wanted them to focus. Don't worry about this earth. Don't worry about the natural. You've been given a greater assignment. God was going to handle natural, the, the history of natural earth. He was going to take care of that history. He wanted his disciples to focus on writing God's kingdom, uh, uh, the history of God's kingdom on this earth. And there's a big difference. Wow, that to me is more exciting. Don't worry about these earthly battles. You have a spiritual battle to fight. And Jesus was going to give you the victory. Now today, there are a lot of battles we are facing. And I'm not asking you to ignore them. I'm not asking you to stop brushing your teeth. You know what? You know, you're going to go to the dentist and he's going to tell you, you got you to take care of your teeth. I'm not asking you to, to forget about your, your uh, financial future. I'm not asking you to do that. There are a lot of battles to fight. And one what, what of the things I like about the scripture that we read is that the resurrected Savior is eating. He's eating. <laughs> he doesn't need to eat, but he's eating. He's still enjoying the pleasures of this earth. And understand me today, uh, just for a moment, let me just keep this message balanced because I believe we can live a balanced life. But I think sometimes we just we go we go too far away from God. But just for a moment, before you think I'm just this you know individual that wants you to live here and breathe here and never you know leave anything you know everything that you do is about the kingdom of God. And yes, the kingdom of God is in me, but the kingdom of God is with me when I was at a bowling alley yesterday <laughs> with Veronica and her son. You know, the, the kingdom of God is, is with me when I go to the park. The kingdom of God is with me when I have fun. The kingdom of God is, is always there. Yes, I recognize it. But you know what? You can enjoy life as well. You can do that. And I want you to do that. But, I'm, but what I'm sharing with you this morning, and what I want you to understand and acknowledge is the number one battle that you have to face. That's the one thing we do forget about. You know what? I wasn't at the bowling alley all day. I did spend time in God's Word. I did spend time ministering to other people. I did spend time on the phone praying with individuals. I did those things as well because I don't forget about that. They're still hurting people. And I say, God, use me. I want to have fun, but I'm also ready to serve. I'm also ready to minister. And you need that same thought process. And this is what I want you to declare today and acknowledge. There is a spiritual battle all around me, and there's a spiritual battle in me. There's a spiritual battle taking place. As Jesus was talking about the kingdom of God coming, disciples, the kingdom of God is coming. You're going to receive more of the kingdom of God. You also have to understand there is a kingdom of darkness after you. There is a kingdom of evil that wants to steal kill and destroy you. There's a kingdom out there that doesn't want you to experience God's perfect love or His perfect peace or to acknowledge His absolute truth 
There is a kingdom out there that wants to deceive us and come against us and fight us. And these spiritual battles are becoming clearer and clearer every day. You thought you were just watching the news. You're not just watching the news. You're watching a spiritual battle unfold before our very eyes. You thought you were just listening to one of your friends vent about their their marriage or vent about their family. But no, you are listening to a spiritual battle in their life. You thought your family was just going through a rough patch. I don't, I don't know what's going on in my family. It seems like when this is going on a lot and that's going on a lot. You are talking about a spiritual battle. And I want us to rise up and take our place on the battlefield. We need to be aware of this. We need to understand there is a spiritual battle that dominates our life. And at this very moment, it's on high alert. The war in Ukraine, that's just a representation of a spiritual battle. Our economic situation is a spiritual battle. Our educational problems, it's a spiritual battle. Everything that we see that is going wrong is, is just the, the fruit of a spiritual battle that's happening that most people cannot see, but you and I can see it. The solution to our world problems isn't more money. We have, we, have most, we have more money than we've ever had in our world today. It's not more armies. We have the best armies in our world today. We have the strongest armies. We have the most, the most creative and smart armies in our world. We don't need more armies. It's not exploring space and gaining more information about our universe. We have more information than we've ever had. We have more technology than we've ever had in Earth's history. All of these things, we have it. Nothing man-made will ever help us to survive on this planet. The answer to every problem that we are facing is in Jesus. It's in Jesus. And the devil and his army, with the help of our flesh sometimes, fights against the will of God. It fights against the kingdom of God. He knows the kingdom of God is advancing, and he tries to fight against us. He knows you're receiving God's word. There's a battle right now taking place so that you are not receiving the word of God. It's not my sermon that's important. It's the word of God. And I'm sharing my heart with you because I know the battle doesn't go away on Monday or Tuesday or Wednesday or Thursday. It's a 24-7, 365 battle. It never stops. It never takes a break. The enemy doesn't give you holidays off. The reality is he works harder on the holidays. He is always coming against us. He is fighting us. My prayer was that during this series, you would say, King me, Lord. King me with more of your power. King me with more of your love. King me with more understanding. King me with more insight. King me with the ability to overcome these battles. Because I can't fight them on my own. I can't win them on my own. I can't help everybody. I don't know what to do sometimes. I don't know where to go sometimes. But help me to fight these battles. Sometimes we get distracted. We get distracted. It's good to have fun, but sometimes we're having too much fun. Sometimes we get too lost in this world. It's good to save money, but sometimes our focus is just on money. I, I, I got to cut my I got to cut the my grass. It's getting long, you know. But I can't spend all day doing this and doing that because I'll be out there all day. We got to take care of our yards. We still got to wash our cars, do the laundry, go to work. But we cannot forget about the spiritual battle. We can't get so consumed 
by our world that we go to sleep at night and we say, oh, man, if I just would have read my Bible, oh, maybe tomorrow. Oh, if I just would have prayed in the morning. I knew I should have prayed in the morning. I knew this day was going to get crazy. I should have just prayed in the morning. If that's your day, let me encourage you. It's a battle. You're in a battle. You're in a fight. And if you're not reading the Word of God, if you're not praying, the enemy's going to come. He knows you're easy pickings. May God help us to not get too distracted. The disciples were distracted. They got distracted. They began to worry about the dates and the times. Lord, when are you going to come? When are, I, I know we're going to receive more of the kingdom, but when are you going to restore our land? When are, when are you going to restore? I, I heard about the temple. I see this temple, but it's, it feels like there's still something missing. When are you going to restore that temple? And they began to get lost and, and distracted by the dates and times. And have you been there before? Oh, God, when will this happen in my life? When will you stop this and start that? When are people going to get healed? When is my sickness going to go away? When is my life going to end? When is this world going to end? There is a desire in all of us to know the future. And there's, there's a part of us that thinks, man, if I just knew the future, I think I could live for God better. I, I, could, I could help more people if I just knew what was going to happen in the future. God, give me a little insight. Give me some information. But Jesus was telling his disciples, it's not for you to know the dates and the times that have been set by the Father. God has been orchestrating His earthly plan from the beginning. He doesn't need a And I've been there before. You might be there now. Lord, please let me know when this trial will end. When will this pain go away? When will my pain stop? When are you going to give me the answers to my questions, Lord? When are you going to restore what has been taken from me? When will I be able to laugh again? When will I be able to smile again? When are you, when are you going to solve my problems, God? When will my life have no more problems? And when will this situation be fixed? Let me give you a kingdom principle that Jesus gave his disciples to all of those questions. Matthew chapter 6, verse 25, Jesus told his disciples, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, about, what, about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They don't sow or reap or store away in bonds, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more, much more valuable than they? Can any of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? The disciples had to remember these verses. They were asking these questions, when will it stop? How are you going to fix this problem on the earth? How are you going to fix the situation at my job, Lord? When is, when is this going to go? When are the gas prices going to go away? When is the food going to quit blowing up, Lord? When, when is this going to happen, Lord? When, when am I going to get the promotion? When am I going to retire? When am I going to stop taking this medication? When is this going to happen? When, when, when? And God is saying, don't worry about your life. Let me give you a point that I hope you will set your seat. Here's the point. Let God work out the natural so that you can remain in the supernatural. The kingdom of God is supernatural. It goes beyond the natural. Love, peace, these things you can't see are in our life through the kingdom of God. Truth, 
wisdom, knowledge, understanding, and yes, at times, knowing what's coming. God can reveal all those things to us, but they only come to us when our focus is on the kingdom of God, not on the natural. Again, I hope you're hearing the balance to this message. I said, don't worry about it. I didn't say stop. I didn't say, you know, quit your job tomorrow. I'm living in the supernatural. I'm quitting my job. No, 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 no. I didn't say that. I didn't say quit your job. I just said quit worrying about it. Oh, no, I'm giving all my money away. I didn't say that either. I just said, don't worry about your money. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Let God, God, that's the way God designed it. This goes against our human nature to let go of the natural, to let go of what's happening around me. I got to let that go. Yes, God wants you to let that go. We heard the testimony of Jake Revore just a few weeks ago, his baby in the hospital, and yet he declared, God is good. You heard the testimony of Tess Carney just just on Easter about how brain cancer brought her to Jesus. We know God's working all things for the good. I can tell you this, if Tess was worried about the natural, she wouldn't be sharing that testimony with you. There's no way if Jake is worried about the natural, he would have been up here encouraging us. But when you are not, when you are giving all the natural to God, you're living in the supernatural. Your mind will be open. Your spirit will be open. You'll live in wisdom. You'll be joyful. You'll live in peace. You'll live in the kingdom of God. And I've been there before. I've learned to turn the natural things over of my life to God. I remember when I first moved back here in 2018, you know, I was serving at a church in Humboldt Park. Pastor Coker was there. And Tara and I, we're the type of people, when God brings us somewhere, we're all in. We're all in. And there were some things when I was coming out to help Pastor Chuckle that there were some things that were not, were not totally certain. That, you know, I came out in faith. I knew God was bringing me back to Chicago, but financially, it wasn't all worked out at all. But yet, Tara and I said, you know what? we we got to live here in Humboldt Park. This is where God's bringing us to ministry. And uh, the guy who had built their, the church building there in Humboldt Park also built houses, and he said, hey, I'll build you a house. And I said, Tara... You know, this is what we got to do. You know, let's, we're going to do this. And so, um, so he found a lot to build us a house there in Humboldt Park. And you know Chicago. I mean, it's, there's, there's beat up places there, and there's places that are broken down. And then all of a sudden, you see a brand new house. And so that, so that motivated us a little bit. Okay, okay, we can, we can do this. We're, we're going to make this happen. And, um, of course, we prayed about that. We submitted it to the Lord. And then all of a sudden, the guy came back and says, oh, this lot is 10 feet short, just 10 feet short for the lot, or for the house that we want to build for you. So the contract is, is nullified, it's not happening. I was just so disappointed. But I knew in my heart, I said, okay, God, you, you have this under control. You've got this all taken care of. I don't know why that lot was just 10 feet short, but I learned to give you all of the natural details of, of our life. And so we went back to looking at other houses, and nothing was happening. I mean, it was just nothing. There was no peace about it. And we were living in Joliet. I was driving an hour to Chicago to serve, and we were going to church on Wednesdays and Sundays and ministering there whenever, driving an hour through traffic. I remember the first time I I put the the church address in my phone, and it was like, uh, it said uh, three hours. And I wait a minute, it doesn't take three hours to get there. I was like, oh, I-55. <laughs> oh, I get it. Uh, 
You know, so we were going through all of that, but I never worried about what was going to happen. I gave all of the natural details to God. I said, God, you're going to have to figure this out. And he did. Because he knew where I was going. He knew what I was going to be doing. He had it all planned out. And had he told me, I probably would have messed it all up anyways. If he would have given me some insight, I would have messed it up. But I had to learn to trust the Lord. I had to learn to turn the natural over to God. I did not spend my nights up late at night trying to figure out where are we going to live, Tara. This is horrible. We're in my, my parents' one, one of their bedrooms. The three of us, you know, well, Lord, we're just going to keep doing that. You're going to figure out the natural. I did not spend my hours trying to figure it out. I didn't worry about it. I didn't lose sleep over it because I had a job to do. You have to learn to listen to God. You have to learn to just turn that all over to God. We don't have to ask the question of why or when. We don't need to figure out all the dates and times in the natural God, when are we going to see this miracle? You don't have to worry about the times and dates because God is never late. He's never early. He's always on time. He's always on time. Jesus tells us you don't need to worry about the dates and times because you're going to receive power from the Holy Spirit and you're going to be my witnesses to the ends of the earth. Lord, I have a job to do today. And it's not to worry about the natural. It's not to worry about what's going naturally around me, in me. It's not, that's not my job. My job is to live in the kingdom of God and share that love with people. My job is to share the peace of God, the, the absolute truth that I've received. I, that's my job to give it away. My job to share it with others. That's my job. I'm going to see it, Lord. I, we are living in a battle. And here's the problem. The reason why we're defeated is because we stay in the natural too long. We need to live in the supernatural. We need to live in the kingdom of God. And it's in that kingdom, it's in that situation that there is no battle you will ever lose. Because God is fighting our battles. God is with us. He's fighting. Let Him work out the natural. We're all going to die. We're all going to pass away. This whole earth is going to pass away. It's all coming to an end. There's nothing of this earth that will survive. So let God work it out. Let God handle it. He's done it from the beginning. He'll do it to the end. Our job is to live in the kingdom of God, to live in His peace, to live in His truth. And Jesus said, you're going to have trouble. So He wasn't... He wasn't being inconsiderate. He wasn't wanting us to be foolish. He knew you were going to have problems. But he said, I'll never leave you. I'll be there for you. I'm going to fight that battle for you. I'm going to invite the worship team to come back with the song. We're going to sing a song of declaration, a song that we're going to declare, God, I know I'm in a battle, but I'm going to fight it, and I'm going to see a victory. We're going to see a victory. No, 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 no. Remember, your sickness is in God's hands. Your financial situation, God's going to work that out. The battle you're fighting is a spiritual battle, and it's one you will win. You will win it. That's the joy. That's the power. That's the strength. I will be. I will rejoice in the Lord always. I will allow the peace of God to guard my heart. That is a battle that I will not lose. I will share the gospel with other people. I will not lose that battle. I will be an encourager. I will walk with the Lord. I will know Him more and more and more every day. And the blessings He gives to me, He gives them to me. 
I say, thank you, Lord. And the miracles He works, He works them. And I say, thank you, God. He's always working in our life. Would you stand this morning? Maybe there in your room or kitchen. Would you, you may want to stand if you've been sitting. We're going to sing a song of declaration. Father, I pray that you will open our eyes. Open our heart, oh God. Speak to us. Work in us, Father. May we see the spiritual battle that we're in today. May we recognize, Lord Jesus, that you're with us. We will not lose, Lord. We will not lose this battle. We will not lose because you're with us. And you won the battle already for us. So let's pray and let's sing this song in faith.